All right. Okay. Uh, I think we're, it's eight o'clock, so we're going to Parshas Matos Masse. Obviously, I, I want to talk about it in the context of the time that we're in right now. Basically, meaning, um, Prof. Desla writes that a person, there's no need to talk about in Yana Diyama. All you have to do is whatever you're holding in. Uh, you go, if you're ma'ayin enough into that, if you look into that, enough into that, then the, then the uh, Inyana Diyama will show itself there as well, in whatever it is that you're learning. So let's see if we can perhaps find some undertones or some themes of the, of the, of the Yumei Amitzarim, of this time period of being in between Tishabov and Yom Kippur, excuse me, uh, Shabbos Matamas and Tishabov Khorban, the concepts that uh, surround that and where what, what lessons we could draw perhaps that are significant to us. So let's begin um, towards the end of the Parsha, in Parsha's, uh, in the, towards the end of Parsha's Matos, we have a very interesting and unusual incident, one that Chazal tell us has many lessons and many applications for us in terms of how we look at our physical world and how that impacts us. And I want to say, um, let me, I want to share this in a way that uh, the way it impacts perhaps how we internalize our Yiddishkeit, internalize the messages of what it is that we're supposed to be doing. How do we, I, I, want, to, I, I want to coin a phrase here. I want to call it, and you're probably going to hear it from me now that they've, uh, Put me in a position, uh, give me a, given me a pulpit to talk from. I'm going to talk about it a lot this year, I think. And that is a, what I, something I call immersive Judaism, meaning not just going through the motions of living like a yid, but living like a yid, meaning it, it, that it becomes a part of you, that, it, that it's an expression of everything that we do, that, that how we behave, the decisions that we make, the way we think about things, how is that impacted by our Yiddishkeit? How are we carefully constructively um, building ourselves. Um, what is what is the what is the what is the what are the possibilities of what that can mean? Okay. So this this idea uh, to me of, of immersive Judaism is a critical factor in understanding who we are and what we want to be. And it, it goes beyond I guess if you wanted to talk about the chisarim, the downside of it, so that you, just so just to bring out the point, is the downside of it is what we call mitzvah sanoshim which we talk about just doing things by rote. Person get into the habit, we do things, we go, we know I'm supposed to do this, I know what I'm supposed to do, I know exactly how I'm supposed to do it. Maybe once in a while I even have a little bit of kavana when I do it, but it, it, how's it changing me? How's it impacting myself as a person? How am I making myself? How does this tr- transform me in a different way? So uh, let's 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 find let's let's discuss in within the context of the parsha where this this idea expresses itself. And I want to show you how I believe that also expresses itself in the in the entirety of the theme of the Yemei Hamatzarim that the, these days of of this interim period between uh, Shavuot Batamas and Tishabab, the 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 Zman of Korban. Because we know, we know that it's poshet to us that the yearly cycle begins not with Elul and Tshuva, 
not with Rosh Hashanah and Din, but really begins here. It begins here with the, with the Korban, because what's the purpose of Korban if it's not to rebuild? A fascinating marshal, right? In other words, you know that um, many times, oftentimes over the summer, you have these uh, forest fires, terrible, terrible forest fires that, that just take down huge tracts of land and tremendous forests and all the rest of that. But the truth of the matter is those forest fires are a necessary part. What they found um, when they started being overly zealous in preventing these forest fires was that what happens is that you get a buildup of too much dead material on the forest floor, places where things that, that, that just fall down there and becomes overly, becomes that stuff turns it into like a compost and that becomes extremely, extremely fertile. But what happens is that the stuff on the bottom then starts to choke out the bigger trees that are, these humongous trees that are growing are choked out by the stuff that's growing on the ground and eating up all the nutrients on the ground. You need a forest fire to come and just to clear everything away and then you can start over again. And it starts over again very rapidly. If you've ever watched anything that, that shows it, the, 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 the concept of, a, of what happens when you have the complete destruction of a fire is almost immediately new shoots begin to grow, new greener stuff, the grass grows back greener. I remember growing up in South Africa, we used to have controlled burns. We didn't have big forests there. The, 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 um, the, the land doesn't lend itself to forestry. It's much more open field, open, open areas. But, but in those fields, if they would have these controlled burns to burn off the grasslands, and then the, the greener grass can grow up from underneath it. Otherwise, it gets swamped underneath it. So the, the, the beginning of the year, the, the, the tachlis of the shana, the, the, the start, the roots of where the year are, are really here in Tishabot. Because really, if you think about it, if you, that's, that's our cycle. The cycle is Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, but on, on one level. But on a certain level, right in, 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 the, in the, the sort of the summertime is sort of the time when you, 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 you come to the full fruition of, of what you're supposed to be. That means somewhere in the Chorban lies the root of, or, or the purpose of what everything is, is supposed to accomplish. How does the purpose of everything lie in the Chorban? Because in the Chorban, you're supposed to find the place where you find maximum meaning. In, within Chorban, you should be able to find maximum meaning. And if you can find maximum meaning there, then it makes everything else that you're about to do, all the seeds that you're about to plant, all the preparations that you're about to make, be it Elul and Roshana, and then Roshana going into Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur into Sukkot, like we talk about, and we talk about Yira into Ava into Simcha, et cetera, et cetera. All the, the roots of all that, how do you lay the groundwork for that properly is, is in this Zman of, 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 of the Ben Amitsarim, of the time when, when things look worse. Again, it's a cycle that you see over and over again. The, the reality of the world is that when things look darkest, that's when, that's when the Yeshua is really coming. When things are most oppressive, when things look like they're the mo- at their most hopeless, that's when, that's really when, that's when, that's really the tzmicha, the, 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 the breaking open. Take a, take up a plant, right? What happens? You take plant a seed, right? Until when it rots away, when it completely is completely rotten and there's nothing left of it, and then it breaks open. That's when the new seed can be fertilized. That's when the new growth can start happening. The same thing happens in childbirth. It's the same thing as the. It seems like everything's going wrong. Everything's it's it's going absolute. There's absolutely no possibility for survival. Everything's flipped around, upside down, completely backwards to what it's supposed to be. And in that moment, in that last second, when it seems all is completely hopeless, that's when the that's when the Yeshua comes. So the same thing applies for for this zman. So that's what I'm saying is if we're going to understand the roots of. Um, 
the roots of 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 immersive Judaism of, of where it's supposed to come from. We're going to find it in the Zman of Chorban. Let's start from the Torah, where the Torah expresses it here. Again, obviously in these parshas, it's going to express it somehow. More so, I think it comes out. The message of it comes out in parsh next week in parshas Tvarim. But here in parshas Matzos Masa, we have a, we have a, an indication of it as well. At the end of parshas Matzos, you have a fascinating parsha. We have the Bnei Gad and the come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they tell him that we have m- m- too much mikna. We have too much, too much, too much, too much uh, livestock. We we want to be able to stay on this overly fertile side of the Yardin, right? And on the on the in the on the East Bank of the Arden, what it essentially is, you know, today we, we struggle with the West Bank. Is the West Bank Gaz is the West Bank? The East Bank of the Arden, the other side of the Arden, what they call Transjordan. That's that's also part of Eretz Yisrael. That's a, that's the part of uh, the of the Chelik of Eretz Yisrael we took from Sichon and Ay. That that's they got a Meruven come come to Moshe Moshe and they say that they want to take that. We're going to see that in the in the root of what they got a Meruven did, they made some terrible mistakes. They made some incredible miscalculations, and those miscalculations, so at least, should have been the giloy, the beginnings of the roots of understanding what it is that we're supposed, the values that we're supposed to strive for, that they failed to do, and then help them try to see how that how that plays out in in the in in the area of korban as uh, of korban by Srishan, by Shani, exactly what's going on. With between the two korbanos, so what did what did they come to Moshe They come, they come with the taina that they want to stay They want to separate themselves out from Kali. So they want to be on their own because they have uh, too much, too much livestock. So what what are they doing? What, what what's going on here? That means that first of all, as you know, Chazal right away point out that they said we have to make we have to make uh, pens and and stockyards and and places to keep our animals, and we have to build cities for our wives and our families. So first of all, Chazal points out, what, what, first you give preference, first you're worried about what you're going to do with your animals, and then you're worried about what you're going to do with your families. That's complete, that's, that's already a, a, a toast. But even more than that, maybe two, two more mistakes. Number one is they were choosing to live they're choosing to live in a part of Eretz Yisrael that doesn't have a Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael. They're choosing, they're choosing their material well-being over the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. That's, that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is they're choosing to separate themselves out from the rest of Kali Yisrael. So even though they turn around to Moshe Rabbeinu and they tell Moshe Rabbeinu, we'll lead the charge, we'll be the ones, we'll chalutzim, we'll be the ones that'll, that'll, take, that'll, that'll, that'll take the heads of the army and take the brunt of the, of the kibush of what, what's going to go on in conquering what's going to happen in Mitzrayim. But at the same time, you, you're leaving yourselves out from the rest of Kaisal, you're cutting yourselves off from Kaisal. You're cutting yourselves off from what's from from what the from from what the the rest of Kaisal is supposed to be. That in and of itself, and 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 by the way, they it's not as though they didn't recognize that. The pasuk says that they built a huge mizbeach. They built a huge mizbeach right there on the edge of the yarding, and right away Pinchas and, and all Kaisal come and they say, "Well, what's going on here? It looked like they were building something Zara. Say, "No, no, this is not meant." This Mizbeach is not meant for actually being makter, not actually bringing sacrifices. That's not the point. The point is, it's, as an, it's like an aid, like, like Yaakov Avinu's Mizbeach, a gal aid that Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu set up with Lavan. It's meant as a, as a, to bear testimony to the fact that we are really part of Kalisro. But you see that right away they recognize 
that there's a flaw in what they've chosen to do. And yet they're still willing to go ahead and do that because they're ma'ad, if they put, they give preference, they give, they, they, they essentially are looking at, looking at the needs, their physical needs, and, and giving that preference over what they're supposed to do in, 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 in terms of their, their material, their spiritual needs, in terms of their, their, their chalik and kali, so who they're supposed to be. The fact that we have a lot of, of, of the, what's defining us, what's driving us, what's the, what's the main point of what, what, what moves them forward, right, is that they simply were looking out for their materialistic selves. They were looking out for the material good. That, that in and of itself is the first lesson of Bnei Gala Bnei Rumi. If a person, people often say, oh, I have to worry about Parnassa and I have to worry about these things. Why are you worrying about Parnassa? Is the Parnassa an end unto itself or is it a means to an end? And that's, that's really the theme of what we're talking about. When we talk about immersive Judaism, we're talking about a person has to have has to have a clarity, a clarkite, and a, a capability of seeing clearly where am I going? What am I living for? Rabbi Weinberg used to say this a lot. He used to say, he used to ask people, so, so who are you? So a person answers, who am I? I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer. You are not a doctor or a lawyer. That's not who you are. That shouldn't define you. That shouldn't be what, that should be what you do. Now, some people will say, well, what about if I do a lot of good with that? What about if I'm, a, if I'm a doctor who does what I do because I care about people? What about if I'm a lawyer who does what he does because I'm concerned for people's well-being and I want to take care of people? But again, at the, at the end of the day, you're still, you're at the, your identity can't be what you do. What you, the way you earn your parnasa should not be the defining factor of what I am, right? I, I am not a nurse. I am not a teacher. That's not who... I am ultimately, I'm an Ever Hashem. That's what I am. That's the whole, the entirety of my being is to be an Ever Hashem. And Ever Hashem means, the concept of Avdas is something that's very strange to us, but it's so critical to have a clear understanding of this. The, the, the context of what an Ever means is that every, I'm completely owned by something that's bigger than myself. I have no, would say, I have no zich, I have no self, I have no, there's no me, there's no me. It's because I, I live for somebody else or I live for something else. I live for something that's bigger than myself. I, I recognize that there's nothing within me that I can hold on to that's as important. The, the, the whole concept of being wealthy, of having a lot of, of, having a lot of mikna, that was something that, that, the, that these two shvatim allowed to derive their ikar hishtadus of what they wanted in life. And it drove them to a point where they become divided from Kaisal, smufrash, separated from Kedusha, separated from, a, from, a, from, a, from, from, from the, the atmosphere of what they're supposed to be. And Kazal tells us that ultimately they suffer Gullus first because they're, they're always expanding on bound. They always remain on the Safa. They remain, remain on the boundary. We talked, we talked recently about this concept of being on a boundary. Oh, it was, it was in a Tuesday class. We talked about this idea of a boundary. The, what's unique about a boundary is it's the one place in the world that you can be in two places at the same time. When you're on the boundary, when you're on the border, when you're on the, when, on the edge of something, you're in two places at the same time. That's something that really, in this world, doesn't really exist. That's, like a, that's, a, that's a concept that's me'en olamabo. 
But, but you can do that in a positive way, you can do that in a negative way. And that's the reality, that, that, this idea of the positive versus the negative, the, 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 how it brings me up or it brings me down, is what, is what directly reflects into the, what happens and how to, how to bring this concept down into the, into the reality of the Yemei Bein Amitzar, how, do, how we deal with the Yemei Bein Amitzar. Because Chazal tell us like this, Ba'is Rishon, the Chazal tell us, why was it destroyed? Because Kalaisa was over on the Gimel Hamurs. They were over on Gila Arayash, Vichastamim, and Abedazara. That's just mind boggling. In other words, we always, look at, we always look at earlier generations and we say, the Amoraim, for instance, say about the Tanoim, the, the, the Chachme HaGemara, the Chacham of the Gemara, say about the Chacham of the Mishnah, who were the generations before them. They say, Im if we're like regular people, they're like Malachi Asharis. They're like, they're, they're like, Literally like angels. Now we're talking there of Amoraim to Tanaim. None of neither of them have Navua. Neither of them are living in a world where there's Hashrasa Shina. Neither of them is, are living in a world where there's Nisim Guyim, where there are open miracles that are happening consistently. Right? When you go from the Tkufa of Bayes Rishon to Bayesheni, the difference between Bayes Rishon and Bayesheni is is literally is Gilei Shina. Is the is Akharish Baruch's presence? It's it's Gilei Panim. By bias Rishon is there, is present and manifest day to day, every single day in the day in the lives of the people. The, the, there are Naviyam that speak to you directly from Akarish Baruch. They're saying, the Pshat in a Navi is the Pshat, it's, like, it's so, so, diffi- so difficult for us to even begin to understand what a Navi is. A Navi means a person, like the, the, the Derek Hashem, the Ramchal, in his Sefer Derek Hashem, has a whole uh, in Masil Sisharim. I'm sorry, it's not in Derech Hashem. In, no, no, in, no, in Derech Hashem he has a whole chapter describing how one becomes a navi. First, you become Bnei Naviim, and then you become Naviim. It's like it's a process of a person elevating himself to a whole different reality. He lives with a with an awareness of the Rebbeinu that is that is beyond. They live outside the regular realms of our own world. That, that's that's what when people had a problem when when there was a lack of clarity. What, why is it that we have a Gemara and Mishnah that's full of machlokas and everything else, and before that, there doesn't seem to be any of that? Because when they lived in a world of Torah, of of, of Gili Shechina, or what we're ultimately going to see is a world of Torah Shebeksav, right? Where they took, everything was revealed, everything was open to them, everything was an open book. If you had a problem, you went to the Navi and he asked him, and the Navi could tell you exactly what the answer to the problem was. You never had a question. The Gemara talks about in one place. The Gemara talks about this animal. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's a whole uh, dilemma how to even pronounce what the animal is called. It's spelled chaf vav yud. So some call it a koi, some call it a kvi, whatever. It is. Some sort of an animal that's somewhere we have a suffix. We don't know is a domestic. Does it have the status of a domesticated animal or does it have the status of a wild animal? What's the nafkamina? There's major nafkaminas and kashas. First of all, if you shech the chaya, you shech the wild animal, there's alocha, and the turn you have to do kisi adam. If you shech the behema, there's no mitzvah kisi adam. You don't have to do kisi adam. If you, you shech a chaya, there's certain fats that are brought on the mizbeach. But the only animals that are brought on the mizbeach are behemas, not chayas. So if you shech the chaya, you're allowed to eat those fats. But if you shech the behema, you're not allowed to eat those fats, and it's a karis to eat those fats. There's certain chalav and certain chalav that's in, in the animal. So now you have this animal that's a suffix. What is it? Is he a chaya? Is he a behemoth? So what are you going to do? 
But when you shecht them, do you do kisei adam? You don't do kisei adam. So you say, well, it's a suffix. Suffix derives the chomer. We have to do kisei adam. Can't make a bracha because suffix bracha is not But you have to you have to do kisei adam. What about can you eat the fats from this animal? You're doing kisei adam. You should be able to. You should be able to eat the fats, right? No, it doesn't work that way because it's a suffix. Again, it's a suffix. So we have to go kan chomer and kan chomer to go chomer both ways. You're stuck. What's the status of a, of a kvi? The Russian knows what the status of that animal is. So the Gemara has one resolution where the Gemara says, you know what it is? It's it's, a, it's its category unto itself. It's its own category. And in this category, you can't eat the chalev and you have to do kisei adam, both. It has both. It's somewhere, it's, it exists somewhere in the middle. Okay, that's one way out of it. But but the reality is, whatever it is, in front of the Russian, there's no suffix. You know that the word suffix never appears in the Torah. There's no, not only does the word suffix not appear in the, word in the Torah, the word vadai also doesn't appear in the Torah. Because you can only have a vadai if something's a suffix. If everything is, is vadai, then you don't need a, a concept called vadai, right? You know, that something is definitively X is only because something else is not definitively X. But if everything is definitive as to what it is, you don't need definitions anymore. The, everything is exactly as it appears. So there's no concept of suffix or vadai in the Torah at all. The whole concept of suffix only exists only when Adamarisha comes, goes along and eats when they eat the das tagvara. Right then, you have now you have the, the difference between Adamarisha before the chet and after the chet is everything before the chet was emes and sheker, and after the chet it was tovara. Tovara, ra, for some reason, we don't see ra the way we're supposed to see it. We see ra as somewhat, it's like, it's like a gray thing, it's like a, it's a subjective judgment as to how to, how to deal with it, right? That's, that's why, that's not going to, calls ra mothers. We'll talk about it. We'll get into this a little bit deeper into into that idea in a moment. Just a little bit deeper into into what how how that how that reality expresses itself. So let, let, let's go back. Let's go back one step. So what are we talking about? Saying we're saying now, what what's the pshat in bias rishon in bias rishon that were over on the gimel chamuros gilai rias shvichos tamim averizara? How you talking? Does it make any sense to us? And then not only that, I'll ask even a stronger question. By Shani, why was it destroyed? Because of Sinas Chino. That's enough to destroy it. On the first Beis HaMikdash, you're telling me what it takes to destroy the Beis HaMikdash is the Gimel Chamuros, the worst of the worst of Eros, right? And by Shani, Sinas Chino is enough to bring down the Beis HaMikdash? How does that, how do those two things measure up? What's going on? What's, what's being expressed here? What's the reality of what these things really are? It sounds like this. When it says that the that the that the that that in Bais Rishon they were over on Gimel Chamurois, they were over on Kilaraish Vichsam and Avadazara, it sounds like this. Let's start. Let's 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 start with the with the with the most passionate way that I can think of to understand this. The Mishnah Abba says, right? and are corruption of, by definition, they must be a corruption of chesed, Torah, and tefillah. Right? The, 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 it's, it's a zelumazed. There's a reason why there's three of this and three of that. The threes always parallel each other. They, all, they always measure up one against the other. There's always going to be right, a, 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 a parallel between what's going on on one hand and what goes on the other hand. The, the, so what it means is like this. In Bayes Rishon, they had such... The, the schos of Bayes Rishon was made 
because of the hisgalus of what the others brought into the Bria. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, Avram Avinu is chesed, Yitzchak is connected to Zara, he's willing to sacrifice himself completely to, to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. that's the opposite of Avadazar, Yaakov Avinu is Emes, that's, that's Emes is connected to her, right? That's, that's the, that's Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov are the, are the pillars of what holds up Bayez Rishon. When Kaisal is over on the Gimel Chamurus, they're, they're breaking down the Yisodos that Avram Avinu, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov brought into the Bria. They, you know, they, what they were, what they were machadish in the Bria, those foundations that they created, that they made a, a reality, that was what was destroyed when they did that. How were they able to do that? The Pshat is like this. The Pshat is those, those Averos or the, or the temptation, the moving towards that world where you are over on the Gimel Chamurois happens only, only in a world where the Yitzhara is looking, is looking. There's always a balance in the world. There's always a balance in the world, right? There's a, there's a balance connected, whatever level of tzitkus there was, there has to be an equal and opposite pull towards Rishas. That's why Menashe says to, to, to Ravashi, if you would have been there, you would have picked up your skirts, you would have picked up your robe to run to go to Avadazar. What does it mean? We've spoken on previous occasions that the temptation to Avadazar came not from a mukum that was negative, not from a place of insanity, not from a place of, of something that was negative. It came from a place of trying to live closer to the Rebbein Shem. It was like moving too close into the Mechitza of what the Rebbein Shem wanted to do, of what the Rebbein Shem want, want, wants. And it's to experience the Rebbein Shem in its fullest extent is to try to experience it through Avodah Zarah. And the same thing with Gilearais and Shrikas Dhamim is that a person fails to recognize the boundaries of what these things are. In other words, there's a Zel Uma Zeh of, let's say, let's take for instance, um, Let's take, for instance, chesed, right? Keneged gilarayas, right? So if you look carefully, you, you find in Chazal that it says that what was the Avera of Yishmael? What was the, what was the Yitzhar of Yishmael? It was, was gilarayas. Because he doesn't know how to make boundaries. Because chesed is about expanding yourself beyond yourself into to, to somebody else. And when you don't do that in the correct fashion, you overtake them completely and you end up with giving eyes. That's the, 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 the full expression of the chesed of chesed really ends up in giving The same thing really applies in the same thing applies in, in, in a Zara versus in, in, the, in, the, in the concept of, of a Zara of where a person's yira also expresses itself means that I have to I have to create for, I get to a point where I have to create a tangible reality of what that is that becomes an expression of Avadazara. And the same thing and, and Torah is the same thing, you know, it's the, the expression of, of Emes of the of the Emes of what that is, or the, the full expression of Torah ultimately expresses itself again in in Shvichastamim in the sense that a person is unable to hold back from where he sees the boundaries that are, are supposed to be. The, the, the full, the entirety of what a person is, of what a person's fully expressing, expressing himself in this way brings out the negative side of it. That's how the Yitzhahara hides himself and he tries to, and he, he, his, his attempt is to undermine what Kalashal builds. Um, the, the, um, the, the, the Milo that they had and the reason why it has to be all three, in other words, 
Why Ulamai says, why isn't one any one of those Averis enough to bring down the base of Mikdash? Because because you have three Yesodos, you have three pillars that are holding it up. You have Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. It has to be an undermining of, of the entirety of each, of every one of the others. And the, that's what Chazal say, that after the Black Korban Bayes Rishon, it was Thomas Chus Abbas, as though this Chus Abbas was used up, right? That's why it says, Rachel Mavakal, but now it's Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov don't have a Taina anymore. They can't come to Rishon anymore. It's Rachel Imeno is the one that has to Taina for Kaisal, for the, for the, for the Geula. But, but, there's there is an expression of what they're what what they're falling down in is that that ultimately okay so Rachel Menu brings them back why because he's she's Mavaka Albanah Al Knesset Yisrael she's Rachel Menu is able to bring back is that Klaisal as a unit should be allowed to come back to Eretzisol they should be allowed to become to become a part of that which is why. When Sinas Chinam sets in by Bayesheni, which is a completely different Matthias than Bayes Rishon. Bayes Rishon is an expression of, of, of closeness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through, through his galas, through a revelation, through ultimately what, what, what we talk, what, when we talk about it at great length, really ultimately through expression of Teresh of absolute clarity in a relationship with Hashem, total understanding of where we stand vis-a-vis the Rebbe as opposed to the 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 isgalus of Bayesheni, is really isgalus of Torah Shabbal Peh. It's isgalus of understanding things. It's maybe in Dover Mitzvah It's like it's like Luchos Rishonis versus Luchos Shnius. In the Luchos Rishonis, Hakadosh Baruch was was written by Atzvelkin. It was with complete clarity of the Rebbeinu relationship with Paiso. But the the the, the lucha shniyos is not is not that way. The lucha shniyos is only to me is only an expression of Moshe Rabbeinu's understanding of what Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives over to him. Because Moshe Rabbeinu had to write it down for us. It's it, there's an aspect of Torah Shabbat that's not a clear expression of Torah Shabbat Torah Shabbat everything is absolute. There's total clarity. In 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 the expression of what Bayesheni is is an expression of Torah Shabbat We don't have that in it. It's 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 a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hester upon him, like we see already from the Maisa of, of Mordechai and Esther, right? Already from the Maisa of Purim, there's already a, a covering over. There's already a moving to a whole new reality. There's the Hanukkah is the expression of the last. Neshika, as you will, it's the last kiss between Kaisal and Rebbe Shalom. It's the last opportunity where there's like a flickering of, of a Neskolui that Kaisal is able to experience in that last moment that's supposed to last us throughout the Torah. But it's only a, it's only a flicker and it's only, it's only expressed through Torah Shabbat Pads. This has, it's, it has a, a non-clarity that's much harder to relate to. The Chidush Rim has a fascinating uh, um, uh, Revelation or, or 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 expression of this when he talks about it, it says it says it says by Moshe Benu it says Moshe Benu says comes to Rebbe and he says that he wants to see he wants to see the face of Rebbe right he wants to he wants to see Akash Baruchu upon him upon him he wants to understand the Rebbe the Gemara and Brachos explains what he's explaining that Moshe Benu what Moshe Benu wants to understand he wants to understand with full clarity how Akash Baruchu deals with the world specifically the issue of Tzadik Varao, how to understand the concept of Tzadik Varao. What does that Kanshbarakhu explain to him? Kanshbarakhu says, right, Kanshbarakhu says to him, right, and he tells him, he tells Moshe Rabbeinu that the only expression that you're going to be able to be shayach to, right, is that which you can see from me'achoyrai from behind me, not from in front of me. You won't be able to see 
the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the front, right? But Lemaisa is, right, wh- wh- how does that express itself? So it says like this, the Pasuk says, right, the Pasuk says, um, it says, um, You can see me from behind, but from my face, from the front, to me, as I, the, 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 the way the Gemara teaches it, after the fact, we can figure out why HaKadosh Baruch Hu did what he did. Sometimes, maybe it takes hundreds of years, maybe it takes a bit of us to be able to see, begin to see the bigger and the bigger picture, how things play out, Eventually, we can figure out you will see it from afterwards. But to see how it is going forward, you won't see it. But the Chidush Sharim says it's a, that there's a deeper meaning to what it says over here. It says You could read the pasuk like this: from the achayrai, from the behind the scenes, from the tershmal pair. Ponai, then you can come to understand the ponim, the the pinim of what the Torah is. You know, it's, when we get to the to the hiskalos of Torah it's very difficult to understand the pinimius of what Torah, of what there is, the, the deeper expression, because it's not openly revealed to us anymore. So it's much much more difficult to understand it. But if you'll delve into achayrai uponai, achayrai uponai, if you'll look at from the behind. Then you'll be able to understand the panim. You'll understand the, the pnim. But if you'll try to understand it from the panim, then you won't. You won't be able to see it. Right. That's the expression of what what happens in 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 in, in, in Sheni and what why that's the difference between what was holding Bayisrishim together and what was holding Bayisheni together. What was holding Bayisrishim together was a complete gila, a total hisgalus of the Rebansham, a full expression of the Avas HaKadoshim, that until they brought Tumah into the world, which is what all the Gimel Hamunus are called to refer to as Tumah, Tumah means an absence of the Rebansham. It's like pushing the Rebansham out. That's where Tumah exists. But a Mokam Tumah means a Mokam that's lacking in Hashras HaShchina. That's what, that's what they pushed out. But in Baishini, there was no expression of Hashor Sashina. There was no Nevoah. There was no there was no Aranakhaidesh. There were all the Asuranisim that, that, that happened every day in the Baisamidesh didn't happen in Baishini. What was there in Baishini? There was Knesset Yisrael. There was the Achtos of Kaisal. There was the, the entirety of what Kaisal is supposed to be. The expression of what Kaisal can be as a whole. Because when, they're, when, they, when they function and they interact as a whole, then there is a, the possibility of a chayrai, of coming from behind, of coming from the Torah Shabbat, to ultimately be Megala, whatever there is in the Pneumius, in the inside of what there is in the Torah Shabbat, we have to understand the, the, that deeper dimension. But if you don't come together with all of that, then you don't have a full expression of that. So let's try to bring it up full circle, understand what we're talking about with Negad of Neruvain, with their request of not understanding or not expressing the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hashpa in the Bria, meaning not seeing the final product, not seeing that my entire, the entirety of my existence is only to be as an expression of what the Rebbe wants me to be. That's what Pneumius of Torah really is. That's the Acharya that we're striving for in Ba'ishemi. That's where 
that's where Sinas Chinam breaks things down. The, the reality of the, of the breakdown in Baisheni is that when you don't work together, you don't bring together the, the, the differentiate, the different ideas, the different concepts that all of Kalaisal have to offer, then ultimately you don't have that full expression of what Tarashimal Peri really is. You don't have that full expression of what Kalaisal is supposed to be. Without the full expression of what you end up with, you end up with the first group of people that goes into Golis. Shevet God and Shevet God and Shevet Ruvain were the first ones that were disappeared. They're the, the Shvatim that disappear the quickest. Why do they disappear? Because they're not part of that whole, they're not part of that full expression. They're not part of Knesset Yisrael, the way it expresses itself. That Knesset Yisrael has a Kayach that even when there is no Hizgalus, even when there's no Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, but there's just the, the Achtos of Yisrael, that's how you can ultimately express, you can bring out from that the Teresh of Alpeh, which can, if expressed correctly, bring ourselves, bring, bring us back to that reality. But when you put what your material well-being first, when you put your, when you put, when you see yourself as being an expression of the success that you have in the material world, then ultimately that becomes a failure. That ultimately is what is the, is the failure of And that I think is the connection between the Bein that the, what's, what the, the goal of the Bein is, is like we said, it's the forest fire. It's burning down the external elements. It's taking away that, it's bringing us to that, Back because called Dar, as you know, every generation in which the base of English is not rebuilt as Kilo Bimeyam Nechabal. Bimeyam Nechabal means, well, for us, what is, what is the expression of that for us? We are far removed from the Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, Yaakov expression of things. We're far removed of, the, of a complete connection of, 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 of a Hisgalus of the Rebbeinu of, of Gili Panim. We have to work with Tachest upon him, but the only way it works with Tachest upon him is with all, and in the entirety of Knesset Israel. And if we don't, can't bring Knesset Yisrael back together, we can't reconstruct Knesset Yisrael. We can't reconstruct ourselves as being all of us, regardless of what we're doing, focused on one particular goal, which is an expression of Achairai in order to come to the premiums, in order to come to the, to the, to the inner expression of what it really is. Then ultimately, we're not, we're not, we're not really succeeding in what it is that, that, we're, that, we're, that we're attempting to do. We have to find a way to express the fullness of what our Yiddishkeit really is. And what our relationship with the emotion of the with the, the very olam really is, if that when we express that fully, then we'll have that that achorai uponai from the achorai from behind, for without the irregular hiskalos, but from the from the place of Knesset Israel being together and working together, we'll have that expression that will bring the geula being here. Okay, thank you very much, Rabbi Chavis. Thank you everybody for coming.